Hallelujah. Well, welcome. Welcome into the sanctuary here, to the house of the Lord. Welcome to the Church of Omaha. Um, I'm glad to be with you this second Sunday in the month of January. And this is the Sunday where we're going to look at our theme ahead. But I do not want to steal any thunder for second half. Um, so we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to take a peek in 1 Corinthians, and then we're going to be a bit in the book of Exodus and travel over into the book of Acts some. But um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I just or chapter 11, read a verse here, a couple verses with you. Um, verse 24, this is Paul. He's talking about communion, um, and reiterating the words of Jesus. And in writing Jesus' words here, he says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. Um, and it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do shew the Lord's death till he come. And in that verse 26 where it says you do show or shew, or if you want to go King James, that show the Lord's death till he come, that is to declare or to proclaim. To declare or proclaim. Um, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak into our lives today. You see everyone that's here. You know where everyone is at. God, change us. Let your word go forth. Let it, let it encourage us. And the Lord, help us to be more what it is that you want us to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Um, a couple other verses I would like to read. Uh, Exodus. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. And then Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. And Exodus chapter 12, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And this is talking about the Passover. And then in chapter um, Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. Now in this story here in the book of Exodus, this is right around the first Passover. When we read in um, Corinthians, Jesus was celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And when he got together with his disciples, uh, and they, they began to eat the bread and to, to drink the cup, he, he took that and then he said, okay, hey, um, when you do this in the future, do this in remembrance of me. And in our second half, we'll be having communion today. And, and so as you uh, are, are doing that, do it in remembrance of the Lord and as you connect with the body. Um, but this first Passover, God was delivering the Israelites out of Egypt. And he did it in a way that you maybe never would have thought of yourself. If you had talked about deliverance, you would have thought, man, we need to get some weapons together. We need us a strong leader. 
uh, oh, we got Moses over there. He seems to be standing up and talking, you know, uh, had some issues, but hey, we, hey, he's the best we got. But we have a leader. Let's get some weapons. Uh, maybe we can infiltrate. And that's not how God did it. God came along and he began to summarily go through and destroy one aspect of Egyptian life after another. He began to go in and, and attack uh, uh, things that were gods and things that the Egyptians had worshipped and relied on. And he ended up, um, he turned their water into blood. Not wine, but into blood. Uh, he caused frogs to come and to stink and there were flies everywhere and they they had diseases come, and they wiped out the cattle, and hailstones and fire came down and wiped out the crops. And, um, and plague after plague after plague. And then he came to the last plague. And what it was is that the oldest, the firstborn, would die. But there was a solution to the problem. And the solution to the problem was you needed to take a lamb. And you needed to make sure that thing was perfect and spotless. And then you killed that lamb and you cooked it. And you took the blood from that lamb and, and when you killed it, you took that blood and you put it on the doorposts of your house. And then you waited inside because you were covered by the blood. And not only did you have the blood applied from the lamb, you had the lamb in you. And so as you sat there that night, when judgment came, you had made yourself ready. You had your clothes ready. You had, yourself all, you had your stuff packed up. You weren't hanging out there saying, well, I got blood on the doorpost here. Let, let, let's sit back and let's watch a movie. They didn't have movies back then. In case you didn't know that, just want to throw that out there. That's a newer invention. Um, all right, my humor's not that great, is it? Uh, no, but uh, uh, set back and relax. No, there was none of this. It was, hey, something's going to happen. We need to be ready. There was commands given. It all needed to be eaten. If you couldn't take, eat it all yourself, you needed to share. You needed to be prepared. The, the bread that you ate needed to be made out, be unleavened bread, not made with yeast. You, everything needed to be in order. And when the call came, you would exit through the blood and you would charge out of your house because God had covered you. You were taken care of. So what was happening that night? Judgment came. A death angel passed over Egypt. And when he looked and didn't see someone that was covered, that meant that that house, the firstborn, was to die. A cry rose up through the land as people discovered that the word of God was true and what he had warned would happen had finally come to pass. And, 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 and they looked, discovered their children were dead and, and, and they turned, and it wasn't just children to me, like you might be the oldest son here, but you were an adult. Like the firstborns were dying all over. And they said, Get out of here. And Pharaoh's like, Just get out of here. And people begin to pour their wealth on him and say, Here, take this with you, take that with you. Um, and, and they left there like they were a conquering army that had come through and spoiled the land. But it wasn't done by might nor by power, but it was done by the word of God. 
God said this is what will happen. And when God says something will happen, it will happen. But this event that occurred here, they would celebrate every year. It's kind of like your birthday. I like my birthday. You just like your birthday? My kids really like their birthdays. They count down. And when it passes the next day, they're so excited the day before, the day after, they're like, I gotta wait a whole 364 days. Their birthday comes before mine. It's not fair. Can we have a half birthday? Sure, we don't have to have food or presents, but we'll say happy half birthday. <laughs> you know, uh, can we do a monthly birthday? No, I don't know. Well, then they look for other events. Valentine's. When I was a guy, as a kid, I was like, ooh, who wants all these hearts around here? Blah. But hey, wait, if you're going to do something for me on Valentine's, I suppose we could celebrate that. Hey, let's. Uh, they, but they look forward to their birthday. But I promise you, they don't even remember their first birthday. Thankfully. Um, but they don't remember that. But that is the day they were born. And every year that we celebrate that birthday, they're not born again. You're born again one, or you're born one time. And when you come to Jesus, I'll just say this right now, you're born again one time. You don't have to every year come back to the Passover, Israel, and say, wait a second, we need God to deliver us all over again. When he brought you out, he brought you out. When he washed you of your sins, he washed you of your sins. You don't have to go back and say, wait a second. God filled me with his spirit in 1986. Well, for me, I'll use my day, mine. 1992. 1992. He filled me with his spirit in 1992. So, uh, what I did wrong in 1990, whoa, God, please forgive me for what I did wrong in 1990. I'm so sorry. And the next year, oh, man, I remember that day that I did that wrong thing in 1990. God, I need you to wash me again in 1990. We need to be rebaptized. No, you don't have to go back, and you don't have to worry about 1990. Because in 1992, he filled me with his spirit, and I was baptized in his name, and all of that was gone. Because when you repent and you're baptized in his name and he fills you with his spirit, oh, that, that's it in its completion. Everything's been taken care of and you don't have to go back. So you say, well, what, what about what I did in 2000? Yeah. But you don't have to get rebaptized. Because his sacrifice, once you accepted it, it was once for all time. And it covered then and it covered now. Now, that doesn't give you a license to go out and sin. But if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That doesn't mean you run out and just purposely and intentionally sin. That's going to take you down a path and one day you will discover that you finally went so far and you've turned your back on God and you've went into blasphemy. Don't play with fire. You will get burned. But God forgave me of my sins. 
And yes, I know that I'm still, I have flesh, but I have an advocate. You know, God played all the roles. <laughs> he stood there. Oh, I got to pass some judgment, and the judgment doesn't look good. See, judgment doesn't have to be bad. I can look over and say, hmm, you know what? They did a great job, and I'm awarding them the, I'm awarding them the, the money here, or whatever the jury decided, or it was sitting there. The judge can say, hey, you know what? Keith back here, he's just, he's right. I'm, 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 my judgment that I'm passing gives him uh, uh, all the blessing and all the benefit from whatever your situation is. One day God's going to look, and he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if he looks and he says, hey, there's sin in your life, that kind of judgment I don't want to have. And God looked and all the world was to be condemned. It was condemned by sin. But he looked and said, oh, as the judge here, I'm the only one who can take care of it. And not only did he take care of it, but then he runs over here and he says, I now need to be your advocate. I'm your lawyer. Oh, but he's more than just a lawyer that argues your cause. He's like, okay, hold on here. But it is tough. And life isn't easy. But we have a payment already for that. And it should be applied because it qualifies. And then he says, yep, it qualifies. Taken care of. Oh, signed, sealed. Oh, right. We, they, they, need to, they need that put under the blood. It's put under the blood. Oh, we have an advocate. Oh, and he's moved by our infirmities. He was tempted in all areas like as we are. Oh, the beauty of what God did. God figured out a way to experience your life and to pay the price for it, to take care of it. Ah, but now we find it, Israel here and, and they're traveling and they're on the run and they've despoiled the land and the enemy begins to threaten and all of this being delivered out, the Passover, the passing through the water here, all this is, is uh, types of the salvation of God in our life. But, but as they stood before the Red Sea that day, they were in a panic. And I didn't put this scripture to the back. It was right before the one I read here in Exodus 14. But when you look there, well, we'll look at verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For had it not been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will shew today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Oh, in my title today, I titled it, To Look Back is to Look Ahead. They were to celebrate every year the Passover. It wasn't because the death angel was coming across the land again. But it was a looking back to see what God had brought them out of. Now I know this whole idea of look back. We have Lot's, Lot, what? Lot's wife. Lot's wife. Let's see if I can say that. Lot's wife. She, they were told, don't look back. 
Uh, when you read the Bible, sometimes you see some things that, that you're like, wait a second, I was told to do this, now I'm also told not to do this, and, and, and is that a conundrum? And last week you told me to press towards the mark and forgetting those things are, which are behind me, Pastor Lucas. So now, now you're telling me to look back, and now you're saying looking back is looking ahead, but, but Lot's wife was told not to look back, and she turned into a pillar of salt. And, and don't stress out about all that, all right? Because God is teaching principles and things and there's things that you are to look back to, but not go back to. We sing about the cross, and we talk about going back to the cross. But what we mean there when we tell you to go back to the cross is to remember the death, burial, and resurrection. And to remember that you have a cross, and, and that you have to um, put, put some things in, and to crucify them. But you don't need to go back and say, oh, wait a second. Just what we talked about, the water and the blood and the spirit, that all needs to be reapplied. And you don't have to re-crucify Jesus. In fact, some of you have beat yourselves up so much because you keep going back to the cross saying, I shouldn't even have this salvation. And no, none of us were worthy. But go ahead and step into what he's already given you and the callings he's placed on your life. Because no, you weren't worthy, but he made you worthy. So you go back to remember and to rejoice in and to be thankful for what God has done and, and, and your humility and gratitude to share it with somebody else so they too can have it applied to their life. But when you go to the cross, also go to the tomb because there was life on the other side of death. To the cross. So they were to look back. But now we see that the Israelites, they're looking back. And they're looking at the enemy. And they get fearful. And they get afraid. When you look back at what God has done in your life, please don't, don't fall to the lie of the devil that would make you think, why did I ever come out of that sin? Why did I ever live differently than my family? They rejected me. Why did I ever take a stand for truth? It's been pretty miserable lately. What? what? Because you didn't really have anything other than stuff for a short time. That party lifestyle, you felt good when you were standing there maybe. The next morning you woke up with a hangover. Some of the things you did in life, I'm not going to point out anybody at all. But you guys know people... And they aged. They aged because of what their lifestyle did to them. And it wore them out. You know, I've also seen those people come to Jesus. And then suddenly things just begin to get a little bit younger. The stress isn't what it was. The, the chemicals in the body, they don't have that anymore. And it gets to begin to get cleaned up. Oh, the goodness and the riches and the mercies. Don't look back and think, man, I should go back to those things. But they stood there and they begin to accuse the, the one that God used to deliver them, the man of God. And in doing so, they were accusing God. Why would you bring me out? Why would you bring me out? The one who brought you out can bring you out of the next event. And that's why you look back. You don't look back to be tempted to return. But you look back and you say the one that cast all those plagues there, oh Israel, when you look back and you see all those plagues, you say the one who did that 
He is faithful and just to bring me out of this next event. The one who decimated all of Egypt is faithful and just to bring me through the next thing. He's got this. He's going to bring me through. I don't have to worry and I don't have to stress. And then Moses told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then he let them know, The Egyptians whom you've seen this day, ye shall see them again no more forever. No more forever. In the book of Joshua, chapter 3, you see when the Israelites were headed into the promised land, we see some different words, but they, they tie a little bit into this subject where when they were going in, he tells them, hey, you're going to need to space out like this when you cross that river into the promised land because you've never been this way before. Moses said, you're not going to be in that way. You're not going to see them anymore. Oh, when you look back, your past does not hold you anymore. Not just your past. Oh, but all of sin that has destroyed the world doesn't have to latch its, its chains on you anymore. You, you don't have to answer to sin and the God of this world anymore. Oh, you're not going to see them anymore. Oh, God destroyed them and He took care of that. But furthermore, when He takes you on this journey... You're going to go in new places, places you've never been. Think if you're going to go in events you've never seen and that others have never seen. You're, you're passing into a way you have never been before. Been before. So how does this all fit? To look back is to look ahead. In 2022, we came to you, Bishop this ministry team and we stood before you and we told you that all are called all are called he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it and that work that he began wasn't just for the apostle Peter. It wasn't just for the disciples and apostles who stood around him at the end of the book of Matthew. Matthew 28, 18, 19. said, And Jesus spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That command wasn't just for you to say, oh, wait a second, um, only those 12 were to spread the gospel. It wasn't just for the 12 and the disciples, oh, you happen to be here today. It's not just for future ministry, oh, okay, so Bishop, he's, he's called Bishop, so, so therefore he's supposed to do that. No, they were laying a groundwork. And they were, God used them to, to be the foundation to build the church. 
And then he gave ministry into the church. Why? Because the church was saying, hey, this word right here that he shed, let me begin to tell you something about it. He didn't just call those guys that day. But he meant for this thing to go on and to go on and to go on. That's why when Peter stood up and they said, what must we do to be saved? He said, for the promise is unto you and to your children. Oh, and not just them, but to all that are far off. I'm telling you, when those disciples, when they first encountered Jesus and they begin to hear him and something drew in their heart, you know what John did? You know what Peter did? You know what they, they did? They went and got somebody else. They, they went, wait a second. Come, come see somebody. You know what the lady at the well did? Come see a man who told me all I ever did. Oh, I got something. I found something. And you need to know about it. Oh, and so Jesus said, hey, you discovered me. Now you need to go and Teach all nations. You need to make disciples. And through that, oh, the ministry that God gave the church said, hey, I've, God has used us to echo to you the words of life from the scripture. But he has called on you. He didn't just commission the 12 or those disciples or this ministry, but he commissioned you and he called you to go into all the world. Peter, when he was preaching in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, before he told them, when they said, what must we do to be saved, he began to tell them, hey, this, what you're seeing here, what you're seeing here, the book of Joel talked about this. Verse 17, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your, I'm going to say that again, all flesh. All flesh. It doesn't matter if you're a man or you're a woman, you're old or you're young. It doesn't matter if you were born in 1970 or you were born in 2015. Oh, Peter said the promise is unto you and to your children. Not only that, all flesh, it means that it's not locked behind a veil in a temple that one person one day a year gets to go in and see the glory of God on the mercy seat. But the mercy seat is available for all flesh. And that spirit on the mercy seat, oh, that's the one who brought mercy. Oh, that, that's available for all flesh. Oh, when Jesus died on the cross, that thick veil was torn from top to bottom. Oh, it was ripped. Why? To give you access, all flesh. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, this isn't just meant for, for people in privileged places. And I say privileged, that's who you wanted to define as privileged. But your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. You know, I can read these scriptures to you, and you could debate with me about them. But I have something else, and that's that I have a witness. And I have a witness of the Spirit of God that moves in your heart and says, hey, but when the Spirit of God moved on me, when God moved, I too was filled with the Holy Ghost. You're like, ooh, right? Ghost. Hey. 
I like to say that because what I want you to understand is this is real. And it may seem like a shock to the world, but I'm a witness. But after that, ye shall receive power, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. I'm a witness of this because I experienced it like they experienced it. Oh, I, I, I was like, man, I feel so good right now. And I began to speak in another language. I'm like, what's happening here? And not just me, but my children. And, and, and oh, and such were some of you. But I, I've witnessed you experience it. And I felt the relief. And, and not just that, but I've heard the Word of God speak into my life. And, and I've seen Him prophesy and move in the young and in the old. And so what I read isn't just something that's in a novel. But it's living and it comes to pass. And I know because here's where we're at. Because of what I went through before and what He did for me before. Oh, I can look back and I can say I'm not going back. But I look back and I say, He who is faithful and just, oh, He's going to do it again. He's with me now. And so when you look back at all are called, don't take your all are called jacket off. And hang it up in your closet and say, well, that was 2022. But the all are called is forever. And he isn't walking out on you. And he isn't saying, well, no, no, no more, Sister Nancy. I worked in you last year, but I don't need you to save I don't need to use you to save souls anymore. I don't need to use you. Oh, that the, the call of God into your life that said, I'm gonna, I can work in your marriage and put it back together. The call of God that said, I can, I'm going to move in your children. Oh, if you'll just trust me, that all is for you. Brother Dana, that is for you. Oh, when his words came out, it's for you. Oh, it's for my children. Oh, it's for your children's children. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. In 2022, we saw 34 were renewed. Those are 34 people. I said, wait a second. The all are called didn't walk out on me when maybe I walked out on him. When maybe I got down and depressed and I tabled Jesus for a little bit. However far you went, I don't know. Some of you may have been those, those ones that were renewed. Wherever you were at that day, 34 stood up in 2022 and said, you know what? He loves me. He cares about me. And he poured his spirit out on me. And he stirred it up on me all over again. He didn't exact some sort of payment for me from me saying, okay, well, you know what? The bill's a lot higher. you got to pay it now. I couldn't pay it the first time, and I can't pay for him to renew me again. But he did. He did. Oh, 22 were baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. 22 understood just like you did what it was like to have all those things fall off and, and world logic. It doesn't make any sense to them. Oh, but I have a witness of what it's like. 22, 31, for the very first time in their life, were filled with the Spirit of God. 31 understood this is what you meant. 
This is what you were talking about. I began to talk to him and he began to talk to me. And then suddenly something came in from my toes all the way up. Are you remembering this for yourself? Oh, I, I, somebody needs to look back and remember. Oh, what it was like the first time. Because sometimes we get to nipping and to fighting and we get turned off to the side. And when we first got a hold of this, we're like, man, oh, I never understood it. But this is great and I don't want anything else. And I'm telling you, if you don't know what I'm talking about today, please come see me. And if you think, man, he's a little crazy, please come see me. Because I've got something exciting. And I want you to have it. <clears throat> 31. Ah, 115. As you answered, the all are called. See, you can't fill anybody with the Spirit. And you can't actually renew anybody. And, and we baptize people. But it's God that washed away their sins. But 115 times this last I say 115 times 115 unique individuals sat down and for an extensive bit of time heard about the word now maybe some of them heard about it six times maybe some heard it 20 maybe some heard it once but there was 115 bible studies now, we desired in 2022, is it, I forget the number, was it 50, Bishop? I can't remember. 50 that we were going to hit. But when you said, wait a second, I'm called to talk to somebody, you begin to step out there and you then entered your moments. And you maybe thought, you know what, well, I'm just sitting here to eat lunch today. I had one of those moments. I was flipping through photos to show somebody some food I cooked. And 40 minutes later, we're still talking. I flipped by a photo of kids being baptized. And he said, what is that? I said, oh, well, we're some kids getting baptized. Why do they get baptized? Oh, well, let me tell you about it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, can somebody give a hand clap? Yeah. That can never leave their mind. I still have a friendship there. Oh, they... They, they begin, the interest was peaked. What is that? There's many more stories that I could share and that you could share. But all are called. We looked, and when you look across the audience, and you say, okay, so there's so many here today, and here, this number, and, oh, wow, there's here this day. But whether they're sitting here in this room or they're watching online, We've got a little way we do some counts there. There's a hundred, on average, 164 people that are hearing the word that rolls out of this church on average every week in 2022. That does not count that out of this church, you've seen a now separate church of the, the uh, um, those from the, uh, the French Togolese, I'll just say that, uh, have now have their own building. They're preaching the gospel. But they first started here. On Sunday afternoon, the Congolese meet here and they worship God. And, and I think the numbers that run around 70 people, something like that, that attend service there. 
That's not even people that you see. And out of this church, we've been encouraging in Norfolk and, and, and sponsoring them out of this church. The gospel's gone out. A church work is going on in, in Blair and, and study every week. Thank you, Terry and Laurel. Yes. Thank you, Bishop. We're working down there and supporting Nebraska City. And, and you, on an individual basis, you may not think about that every week. Go ahead and add it to your prayer life. Pray for him. But God is doing a work. But it didn't stop in 2022. The promises didn't end. But as you enter this new year, keep that card on you that said, All are called. All are called. And don't listen to the lies of the devil that would try to make you think, Well, not one, not them. Me, not me. But the Lord is not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness. That's judgment. But is long-suffering to us word. Why is He putting up with it? Why does He still have us here? Why is He still putting up with debauchery and sin? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is calling. He is polling. And He is reaching. And we began today with Paul reiterating Jesus' talk. And He said, Take, eat, this is my body which was broken for you. This do in remembrance of Me. And at the same, self same, in the same manner, He also took the cup when it was supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in My blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread, Paul says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death, or you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Jesus stood there, or sat there that day with those disciples. And he said, you know what? For all of Israel here, they have remembered all these years, the bringing out of Egypt. The lambs that died and that were put to that doorpost, that was for that Time and that dispensation. But what he was doing in that day was going to be far greater and completely overcome any previous celebration of Passover or that other Passover. That other deliverance, that was just a foreshadowing of this deliverance. And so he said, when you sit down and you take that bread and you take that cup, you need to remember. Oh, and you know what? It, when you, they did that together. That wasn't, oh, let me get alone over here. I want to remember. Now, you can remember alone. But Jesus was talking to his body because the church was now going to be the body of Christ proclaimed in this world. And so when we get together and we say, we take that cup later, oh, we're here. And Jesus, we begin to remember Him. And we begin to talk with Him. And Jesus is here. And we're here. And we're together. And then we say, Lord, You paid the price. Lord, You died. And, and, and we begin to remember what He did. But it's not just that. When we look back at that, Paul tells us, You do proclaim. Because all are called to proclaim. And what you're saying 
is He who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. And my sins were washed away. And they were forgiven. And I don't, I'm not bound by the past. And I'm not subject to the whims of the world. And I can go before Him and take any problem and put it in His hands. Oh, I can, I can trust Him with it. Oh, I, I can pray to Him. And I'm not subject to times and seasons. But He holds it all. And my job, it's His. Oh, but why? Because He went to the cross. Because He was beaten for me. Because He was bloodied. And so you know what? I remember it. And I remember it with you. Because you went through it too. And you went through it too. And, and we may in, in our flesh want to be this. But He's one Spirit. And so we join together. And we celebrate what He did. And we thank Him. And we're humble. And we're submitted. And then we realize that all of us together are the body of Christ. And all of us are called. Could we stand to our feet? Go ahead and join the hand of someone next to you. Oh, join the hand. Because all are called. And let's just close our eyes and look up at Him. Instead of rejecting what He did for you, be humble. I'm not going back. I look back, but out of gratitude. So I can look forward to the Great Commission. I look back so I can proclaim to somebody else. I look back so I can determine to live today. I look back so I know that you still hold tomorrow. I look back so that I can join today with the family of God and say I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm joining with you. You're called and I believe in you. And I'm called. And we're holding each other in this. And what shall separate us from the love of God? Oh, if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, go ahead and celebrate Him right now. All are called in Jesus Christ and to proclaim. So when you look back, it's not to go back. But it's so you can look ahead. God bless you. We'll see you in here at 1020. And let's celebrate the work of God together.